welcome him. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Rachel. Good morning, Saints. Great. How many of you heard me speak before? Okay, my friend Will, great. Well, the Holy Spirit have a great message for you this morning. It's great. It's wonderful to be here, and it's a pleasure to be in Ask um, to share a word with you. You know, when, Vic, when Vicky sent me through the email and um, asked to do this talk, the first thing I, I said, okay, I know exactly what I want to speak and send my email back to Vicky. She said, that's what I'm taking. I thought, I know exactly what I'm gonna go for again. Went for it. Ken, I'm sorry that one gone too. <laughs> okay, I was in Spain at the time. I thought, what I can do if I send another one and it has taken, so I don't know. I said, Vicky, would you mind send me one? and I'll do it. And she sent me this wonderful one, the, um, the story or the parable about the unforgiving servant. And I think it's a huge topic. It's a very deep topic, but I'm just going to go about quarter of an inch heart deep so that you can be able to climb out. If I go deeper, then we have to put leather down to take you back out and we don't have that time. Amen? Great. So let's pray and then I'll start. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your wonderful people. Father, we thank you that you've given us a forgiving heart. You've given us a loving heart. Father, you put your heart inside of us. You come and made your abode inside of us. We just thank you for that. And Father, I just thank you for these words that I'm about to release, Lord, your word. Father, I just bound every demonic forces that would try to hinder these words, to confuse this word, uh, make it contrary. We just bound it. And I just release this word into the hearts of your children. Father, I pray that every heart will be receptive to these words, that these words will take root and grow and bring a fruitful outcome. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. So, I'm going to read, and um, um, can we have that? Great. Um, Matthew chapter 18, 21 to 35. And this will be from the, um, new, um, the new King James Version. I like to walk when I'm reading. Do you want a joke first? Great. This is a deep um, topic, so before I start, I think you need to have a good laugh. Why did the scarecrow get a promotion? Because he was outstanding in his field. Okay. Another one, and then I go. Yeah. Okay. What car should believers travel in? What car should believers travel in? You don't know. Chrysler. Chrysler. Amen. Okay. That's good. Let's, let's see what the word of God has to say. Listen, I love to speak on the heart. It's my favorite. I've been asking Rachel about the heart for many years now. 
The heart is where we live from. The heart is where the issues of life is from. So I am not speaking to your head. I am speaking directly to your heart. When you speak to someone's head, they come up with all different type of theological, academical, or what have you. When you speak to the heart, even a child can understand. I am speaking to your heart this morning because I want you to be walking in freedom. So the parable of the unforgivable servant. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to seven times, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle account with his servants. And when he had begun to settle account, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and the payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid, he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you hold. So, he fell, so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you, Lord. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when the fellow servants saw what had, been what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. When the master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. So you begged me, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that, he, all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from your heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. This was Jesus fulfilling promises in the gospel. What I want you to understand is that the Bible was written in three sections. The Old Testament speaking about God loves for us. From the fall, God loves for us. God always sending a Savior to deliver us. In the gospel, Jesus was fulfilling all that man cannot do. So this parable, Jesus was saying, this is the way that man's way of forgiveness is, and this is the way that God forgives us. God's standard is high. He is perfect. No man, the Bible tells you that Moses and the prophet could not fulfill those requirements. Only God himself could fulfill those standards. 
So life can be, seems unfair at times when we can sometimes feel that we are receiving more than our fair shares of rights, our wrongs, and injustice against us. But the foundation of our relationship with God is not getting everything right so we, God will accept us and bless us, but that we are forgiven and blessed through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection from the grave. We believe that the gospel message is all about God's unconditional love. God's unconditional love. From our own confession, we are new creation saints. And we know that, er that even when we messed up and get things wrong, his words promises that God still loves us and he will never leave us, he will never forsake us because he made a covenant of peace towards us. Isn't that great? He made a covenant of peace for us. Amen. But unforgiveness, what about unforgiveness? Unforgiveness usually accompanied by bitterness, resentment, and other negative emotions and it, makes, and it makes unforgiveness our greatest downfall in this Christian life. Unforgiveness is one of the greatest downfalls in any believer's walk with the Lord. Unforgiveness is a trap. It is a trap by the enemy. It's, unforgiveness is like an offense. Before, if you are upset or hurt, it caused by something or someone, and because of that, you have this bitterness that rise up inside of you, and it become an offense. That offense that you gather in your life, and the word offense is called um, scandalon in the Greek. It's like scandal. It's a trap. You remember those rat trap they used to have? Those rat trap they said it, and they just wait for that rat or those whatsoever. Um, animals and as soon as that animal touched the, the trap stick it would shut down and that animal would get caught inside of there and they would stay there until they died. That is the way unforgiveness is like. That's why Jesus said earlier on in Matthew 18 that if you allow this thing to happen it's best for you to put a rope around your neck and jump into the deepest part of the ocean. That's a slow death. That's what it's all about. Unforgiveness is a slow death. So the key, a key truth for us to understand is that when Jesus died on the cross, not only were our sins forgiven, but justice was paid. For all injustice and offense that would ever happen to us in our lifetime. Jesus settled it all with the final statement, Father, forgive them, for they know what, not what they have done. And then he said, it is finished. All the work in finish. All the work in finish. So today's message is for anyone who have ever been offended. Anyone who has ever caused an offense. 
or anyone wanting to learn from Jesus how to release forgiveness. How many of you have ever been offended? Me, yes. Do you know you can even offend, an offense can come before you get out of bed. You can live alone and you have an offense against yourself. How many times you go shaving yourself and, oh, I don't like what this is happening. And then you start to offend with your hair, with your face, how you look. We offended of everything. This is why earlier also in the gospel, Jesus said, offense will come. Not may, it will come. But woe unto who, to that one through whom it come. And what it meant, said if I upset, get upset with Rachel. Rachel at the front, so I'm going to pick on her this morning. Yes. So, said if Rachel, you remember when Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, I, I don't give the children's bread to the dog. Think about if, if Rachel come up here and has come to Rachel and Rachel said, Ken, I'm sorry I'm not giving anything to your dog. I would get offended, wouldn't it? Or you think I should be offended. But because I come in faith, faith does not see offense. Faith come to receive. Faith does not come to, to be offended. And this is what Jesus was trying to put here. He was saying, this king, uh, this wicked ma this master, he forgave the servant. He forgave him. He said, okay. I forgave you. I have compassion on you. You begged me so you can go. This is a hard situation. In verse 35, Matthew chapter 18, verse 35, where Jesus says, So my heavenly Father will if you don't forgive from your heart. The thing is this, this man did not have the resurrected life of Christ inside of him. When I was reading this, the Lord showed me, he said, Ken, look at this. This man hasn't been born again because Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet. There wasn't a resurrected spirit. There wasn't a new life in this man. We can forgive because we have God himself inside of us. That man didn't have. So he was forgiven from a human standard. That's why he said, I get hungry and I throw him back into prison. You've been going through Hebrews, and he tell you your sin and iniquity you remember no more. As far from the east is from the west, so you forget your sins. So that we know that's not his nature. His true nature is love. His nature is all about forgiveness. All about forgiveness. Unforgiveness make offense. Unforgiveness and taking offense is like drinking poison but expecting the other person to die. Did you know that? See someone drinking poison and the time is running out. Oh dear. Am I fine? Oh, thank you. Rachel said, I'm fine. Praise God. Signal me when I have about five minutes left. Thank you. Great. Praise God. I've got a lot to say. So, it's unforgiveness is sabotaged. It's sabotaging your heart, destroying your relationship with God and others while having us isolated and vulnerable. That's what unforgiveness do. It destroy you. It destroy you. 
This parable should, that Jesus talking about this unforgiven servant, it also comparing our, alongside the parable of the prodigal son. I won't go into details, but this parable of the prodigal son should really be called the parable of the father's heart. The parable of the father's heart. Because Jesus told it to draw our attention to the father's attitude towards the son. Not the experience and the behavior of the son. The key for us to grasp is that it is the attitude that produces the action, not the action create or produce the attitude. I'm going to repeat that again. It is the attitude that produces the action, not the action create the attitude. So the message of the prodigal son demonstrates that it is God's nature to love and his heart and attitude to forgive. To forgive. Think about this. Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We saw that in, can see that in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. He was only doing what came naturally. He could not do anything else because that's, that's his nature. That's his nature. So we may ask this question, how can God forgive me when I keep failing and doing the wrong thing all the time? How can that happen? Let us look on when we forgive others now, what can happen when we forgive others. Forgiveness, on the other hand, protects, heals, and restores our life. It is our greatest defense against the death trap of, the, of, of any offense and of the enemy. I'm going to give you a little story. I remember when I went on mission... I was praying for this lady, and when I was praying for this lady, um, nothing was happening. And I had this prompting, and the Lord said, this was all about unforgiveness. This, I need a translator, so she couldn't understand what I was saying, and I couldn't understand what she was saying. So the pastor was standing there. And what seems like about half an hour, it was actually about five minutes, but when you're praying and the Lord telling us something and this person saying, no, I'm fine, and the Holy Spirit telling you that something is wrong, I could not go because every time I go to pray for this person, I could not say a word. The Lord was saying to me, she need to let go. Eventually, she just burst out in tears and started to cry. And a pastor spoke to her and asked her what happened. And she told the pastor that um, her husband held a knife through her throat a week before to slit it. And she said she would never forgive him again. And there was illness that was in her body, but it increases. And her fingers were like stuck together and she had pain across her, all of her body. The moment that person said that, I said, okay, release that person release your husband 
And she started, we prayed and she followed us and she said, I release you. I said, forgive that person from your heart. You're a believer. You can do that. And she did. The moment she said, I forgive my husband, her husband came in on a bicycle, ride on a bicycle. He was an unbeliever. And on the mission trip myself and the, the guy that lead the team, this person just came and he went to his wife and he said, I love you, forgive me, please forgive me. And we went to him, talked to him. We asked him if he received the Lord. He said, no. You know that guy gave his life to the Lord right there and then? Right there and then. Forgiveness. It, when you fail to forgive, it, does never, it will never stop God from loving you. God will never stop from loving you. That's his nature. That's who he is. God is a spirit. John 4, 24 tells us that God is a spirit. God is love. He's not going to be love or we love. That is nature. Each and every one of us was conceived in love. Think about that. Think about that. It takes two people, but it's love because the nature of God is love. 1 John 4, 8 said God is love. His nature is love. We were all conceived in love. This is why everyone strives to love, or want love, or to desire to love, because that's his nature. So this person, when she received that love and understand that God loved her, and then she forgave, then she was in freedom. And that's what it's all about. It's about God's gift of salvation, and God's gifts of salvation motivate us to love. It motivates us to love. The greatest attitude is the attitude of forgiveness. It keeps our heart healthy and hoping to God. Forgiveness keeps us spiritually alert and sensitive to the Lord. The greatest action of love is to give. The greatest action of love is to give. The greatest action of love is to give. We see that God demonstrates this by giving us Jesus. John 3.16 It's a beautiful thing. We say it all the time. But when we understand the depth of God's love, for God so loved the world, that means people. He gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know that God doesn't kill anyone? He's not mad with you. He's not even in a bad mood. I got that joke from someone. He's not mad with you. Our the way we see ourselves and the way we see the God, if you see God as an angry God, if you see God as an Old Testament God, that's the attitude you will have towards God. And you will never receive the abundant life that he died for us. But when you see God as a loving father, a caring father, would do anything for you, when you see him that way, your heart is open and receptive to receive from him. Your heart is hoping to receive from him. 
This is the love of God. When he demonstrated his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Think about that. We didn't have a relationship with him. We didn't know him. We were enemies to him. He died for you and he died for me. This is why when we believe and receive Jesus Christ in our hearts, there is no way we can say, I can't forgive you or I won't forgive you. That is about self. It's about self. It all started in Genesis 3. It all started in Genesis 3 at the fall. You remember when Jesus came and said, Adam, what have you done? Oh God, it's not me, it's you. See, he's blaming someone else. You gave me this woman. When he went to the woman, it's not me, it's that serpent over there. So we always blaming someone and we will not take responsibility. But you see, what God wants us to do is not to say, okay, I need to do for God to forgive. He loved us regardless. The moment you accept Jesus Christ, he said, while you were sinners, it died for you much more now. Much more now you are believers. You are part of his family. So forgiveness is an attitude before it becomes an action. Forgiveness is an attitude before it becomes an action. Our first glance at forgiveness leads us to think that forgiveness is something we have to do when someone wrong or sin against us. So we see it related to a specific issue at a particular time. We are brought up and trained to say sorry to someone when we are hurt or when we hurt them. However, it is only a very small part of our concept of forgiveness. The action of forgiveness for a specific issue is really the result of an already existing attitude of forgiveness towards everyone at all times. That is the attitude of forgiveness. So in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 to 22, we see Peter asking Jesus, how many times should I forgive? He was feeling really generous about this. Hey, Jesus, think about this. How many times you think I should forgive? Seven times? Because he thought that was great. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Peter, I didn't tell you that. Try 70 times seven. What? 490 times in one day? It's impossible. You see, forgiveness is an attitude. There's no time limit. You know, uh, Lamech in, um, I think it's Genesis 4, 24, tried to do the same thing with Cain. Oh, well, if God can give Cain seven times, God must can give me um, 70, 70 times sevenfold or 70 times sevenfolds. You see, it's comparing each other. Do you know that um, 2 Corinthians 10, um, verse 12, said we should not compare ourselves with each other. It's not wise. It's not wise comparing yourself with each other. Do you want to compare yourself? Don't say, 
Rachel upset me, so I'm going to upset back with Rachel, and it's my right. No, compare yourself with Jesus. Galatians 2.20 tell you that. It's no longer you that live, it's Christ living in you. And the life that you are now living in this flesh, this one, this housing, you are living by the faith of the Son of God who loves you and gave his life for you. That's a beautiful thing. So the life you are living as a Christian, if you are a Christian, if you are an unbeliever, um, you can just read um, John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, and it will explain to you. God didn't come to condemn you because you're already condemned, because you don't receive the free gift of salvation. But because we have Jesus Christ in us, we can just bask in that beauty because it's his life we are living. Do you know that this life, when you accept Jesus, you are just like Jesus himself? Do you know that? Did any one of you know that right now sitting here, you are like Jesus? 1 John 4, 17, as he, is, as he is, Jesus is, so are you in this world right now. So when we said it's hard to forgive, what we're doing, we're being selfish. It's all started back in Genesis 3, verse 10. It's about pride. The house of pride is sin, so the enemy used that against us. Satan used that to condemn us. He will use it to destroy your life. So when Peter said 70 times, Jesus said, no. My point is, there is no limit on forgiveness. You can forgive anyone whenever they come, regardless of the hurt, because you are living the life of Christ. We are living the life of Christ. Forgiveness reveals God's heart. Forgiveness reveals God's heart. Forgiveness keeps our hearts open to the Lord. Forgiveness keeps our hearts open to God. If you don't forgive what's happened, you're blocking your heart, the receptive to hear God, because a hardened heart cannot receive from God. A hardened heart, an unforgiving heart, cannot receive from God. You cannot receive the benefits from God. You cannot receive the abundant life that John 10, 10 speak of when you have an offended heart or a hardened heart, an unforgiving heart. It's hardened. God still loves you. He will never stop loving you. It doesn't matter what you do, even if you don't believe in him, he loves you. 1 John 2, verse 2, tells you that he died for the sins of the whole world. Every single human being that born on the face of the earth, he died for them. But his hour, he gave us the opportunity to receive the free gifts of salvation. So we can see that. Our hearts can become hardened, and then we, re we don't receive the things of God. But he still loves you. He still loves you regardless of our mistake. Do you know, um, I think in Luke 17, 1 to 5, Jesus told his disciples to give to forgive. Their response saying, Lord, increase our faith. Do you know, forgiving, forgiving someone is one of the hardest things to do, especially if that person constantly abusing you, hurting you, doing horrible things to you. 
It's hard. But what he said, he said, we must always have the attitude to forgive. Always have the attitude to forgive. When you do that, you can walk in abundant life. So in verse 21 and 22, Matthew 21 and 22, we saw that this um, servant that um, went to the king first, he said, you owe me 10,000 talents. Do you know that 10,000 talents was $7.2 billion in, in gold? $7.2 billion in gold. There is no way you could ever pay that debt. No way you could ever repay that debt. That was signifying the debt that God paid for us. We can never repay it. He paid the debt. He paid every single debt that you and I ever will ever commit, what we have committed, and what we would ever commit in the future. He paid for it. But we could never pay it. And you know his servant? His servant only owed $20. And he was strangling him for $20. And 100 denarii, $20. And he was trying to kill him for $20. Jesus used this comparison to show us the ways of man forgiveness and the supernatural way of God's forgiveness. So when we look at the parables of God or the parables that Jesus speaks, it's all about using natural things to reveal spiritual truth. God is a spirit. God doesn't work with natural things. He's a spirit. Ephesians 1.3 said, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. Your spirit man have everything inside of it. That's why I said, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. Everything that you need for life and godliness is inside of you. In your spirit. Your spirit is complete. It's nothing can contaminate it. That's why I said, you cannot sin. No sin can enter your born-again spirit. Your soul is renewing. We renew that when we read the word of God. So it's a process. It's a process. Your body, which is the housing, is hoping to be resurrected and the return. It will never get better. So it doesn't matter what, how many time you bathe, how many time what you do, your flesh not getting better. Remember, it was created from the dirt. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 tell you that. Your body was created from the dirt. It was created from God creation. So it's going back. If you don't bathe, you watch if your body don't start to smell or your clothes get dirty. So it's not getting better. But your spirit man, the one that we are living by according to wonderful um, verse that Paul put in Galatians 2.20, is Christ's life we are living this is the reason why we can walk victorious life. This is the reason why we can overcome any offense. This is the reason why we can forgive our brothers and sisters when they wrong us. This is the reason why we can walk and sing glory to God. This is the reason why he said, nothing can separate you from his love. Died of death, persecution, peril, nakedness, it doesn't matter what it is. Nothing, nothing Nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing. 
So what if someone do you wrong and you don't forgive them? Are you still carrying unforgiveness? God still love you. And as a believer, in, Rome, in Romans 1, 8 verse 1, he said this to the believer, there is now, present tense, now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus never come to condemn you. He said in verse 17, um, in John 3, um, 17, he did not come to condemn us. He didn't come to condemn us. He come to save us. So he will never condemn you. He come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The enemy come to, keep, to steal, kill, and destroy. Have you ever wondered why the apostle John put John 10.10 10 and said, he come to steal first? Have you ever wondered why? Do you know why he come to steal? The moment you hear this word, this is why I'm said I'm sowing these words in your heart and I want you to eat the good soil. Because when this seed starts to grow, the enemy cannot take it from you. He come for the word's sake. The moment Satan can take that word from you, he destroy you. He make you become offended easily. Someone only have to look on you. Someone, I can give you an illustration. You are upset with someone. And you're singing this song we sung this morning. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted because you were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit lives within me because you died and rose again. And then you see Andrew lead somebody in. Put beside you that you're upset with. Do you know what? you start to feel hunger rose up inside of you. You start to become tense. You might even become in hot and sweaty because you don't want this person beside you. You are upset with them. You might even walk outside pretending you're going to the toilet and stop at the back. This is all what offense do. It separates you or push you away from to receive the goodness of God. That's what it does. It block is like a channel. If you know you have a top and someone puts something inside of it, the water cannot run freely. That's what it's all about. Offense is a killer. There was a research in, I think it's California, where doctors um, discover that the biggest killer more than cancer is offense. Offense, you can ask, and there's many doctors here, you can ask them. You know what you do? It stop your blood circulatory system. It killed the cells and organs and tissues in your body. It also damaged cells, nerves in your brain. And you find all kinds of sickness taking place in your body. These are the danger of unforgiveness and being offended. But praise God, we have a God who can reverse all of that. Because he reversed the curse. Do you know that? Curse is he who died on a tree. We don't have to work under condemnation. We don't have to walk and become victim because he has took our sickness. Okay, I think I'm coming to land now. I'm coming into land. So, the gospel did not put forgiveness in, our heart, in, in the heart of God. The gospel did not put forgiveness in the heart of God. God was not a bitter God who really want to judge people. 
for their sin. It is the other way around. The, it is forgiveness in the heart of God that produce the gospel. The forgiveness in the heart of God that produce the gospel. We can see it in, um, in the, um, Ephesians 4 verse 32. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgive you. Therefore, be imitator of God as their children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice of God of a sweet-smelling aroma. And my final one, and after I read this one, I'm going to ask to put up the prayer up, and then we're going to say this. So I'm going to read this one, and then we can say um, this prayer and this confession. Colossians 3, Colossians chapter 3, 12 to 14. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, close yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgiving whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgiving as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues virtue, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let us pray. I want you to stand to your feet and pray. Let's just read what's up there. This is your confession to the Lord. This is your prayer to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I would like to say sorry for the times when I have withheld forgiveness or been the source of offense. Please help me post offense and disappointment by casting my cares on you. I will no longer seek justice that has already been paid for by our debts on the cross. Thank you that you are helping me to give others the same mercy and loving kindness that you have abundantly extended to me. Let us go to our confession. Father, I confess that I am the source of blessing and not the cause of offense. Right now, I choose to release your resurrective life and power from my born-again spirit into my heart. I choose to receive your healing for situations that have caused me hurt and pain. I choose to release everyone to you whom I have held negatively in my heart for whatever reason. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your perfect love cast out all my fears and negative emotions. Help me, therefore, to keep my imagination and thoughts fixed on your love for me. I declare over my heart that whom the Son set free is free indeed. I choose to receive that freedom now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. May these words bear fruit in your heart. Thank you, Rachel. We're just, uh, I'm going to ask the team to just play through um, I'm Forgiven. Just, um, while we just pause with that on the screen, you know, and it's a big word. And um, it's one of those things where for all of us, 
there are things that come up, aren't there? And uh, no matter what happens, there are different circumstances. And sometimes